This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truth Life. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life, me, Familia. It's your host, Lisa Haim, and today I have another great episode lined up with a special guest named Megan Roop. Megan is a fitness entrepreneur, founder of the Sculpt Society, new mama, and in today's episode, she gets really real about her past and how she became to be this really cool influencer, celebrity trainer that we see. So often we look at somebody's life on the internet and we think it must have come really easy to them. But the truth is there is an arduous past behind them, hills they had to climb, internal struggles they had to get through. And we only really see that finished product. So I was super excited to sit down with Megan, who is a friend of mine from our New York City days. We've both since gotten up and left. Megan now lives on the West Coast and I'm out here in Long Island. But it was great to sit down with Megan and get to really take you through the journey of becoming the star that she is today. We talk about so many things from Megan's unique experience with pregnancy, hating it, her fears of becoming a mother, body image struggles and how she overcame them, how they returned during pregnancy and how she continues to treat herself with kindness and get through those moments as they come up in her life as they usually do for most of us over and over again. I so appreciate Megan's candid demeanor in this episode and really getting to know who she is when she's not just being the fitness star that we see online. 
We also have a special code for the Sculpt Society for anybody who wants to try. It's Lisa25 for a seven free day trial and 25% off your first month for new users if you sign up on their website. So I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. And I hope you love this episode. You follow Megan. And of course, please share on Instagram if you love so more people can feel supported as we share our honest, truthy journeys. I hope you all have a great week and I'll see you here next week. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Today, we've got Megan Roop. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. Excited to be here. Megan is a superstar in so many ways, but a lot has happened the last three years of your life. Megan and I knew each other from our New York City wellness days. We've collaborated on cool things together. But in the last three years, you got engaged, married, had a baby, moved coast. You're now in California your online fitness platform, The Sculpt Society, has soared. And it's really great to see you kind of on the other side of this as really a brand new person. Thank you. Yeah. So many like new roles have emerged, even honestly, in the last year. So it's, it's been a lot of new changes. How are you feeling with all that change and the explosion of your career? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I feel like I'm just kind of in tunnel vision right now with career stuff. I think on like the personal note, we so much, you know, we were talking offline a little bit about, you know, becoming a mom and, and all of that. And I think when you are balancing your career and motherhood and, and all that comes with both of those, it's, I, I honestly, even at 10 months postpartum, I feel like I'm still processing emotionally so much of like the newness and the, the changes that have come out of, of becoming a mom. So I'm well, but I, I think I'm also like, I'm in that processing phase still. I wonder if we ever fully <laughs> process that. Good point. I don't know that we will. But especially running a small business that has just exploded. I keep using that word. I don't even know a, a better word for it. <laughs> Since, you know, I've seen you last, it's it's so much to take on to have a baby of a business and a baby of a human being. Do you thrive on that type of pressure or do you constantly feel it chipping away at you? A little bit of both. I think I feel so passionate about the work that I do, as you know, and I feel like what was so exciting for me about the Sculpt Society app and, and really launching that was to be able to, to really have an effect change with more specifically women. So I think as the, the company has grown, it, yes, it brings on new pressure and, and stress. But I think at the core of what I'm doing, I really always go back to my purpose and, and my passion for, for what the Sculpt Society's mission is to do. And I think, I think I've just gotten a little smarter even in the last year with how to ask for help not only personally, but also professionally within my team. So my husband came on full-time as well as my COO last year. And I think with his help um, and his more like corporate mindset, he's been able to really help me understand that it is so important to, to really have team members behind the scenes helping grow the Sculpt Society so that I can focus on what I should be doing, which is teaching the classes, creating content, because for so long I was spinning like a thousand plates and still am, but it's starting to, to be a little bit less plates as, as we start to bring on um, internal team members. I've watched you go from fitness instructor, one lone woman to fitness entrepreneur. And I think the entrepreneur word 
while you know anybody starting out can be an entrepreneur and do all the things, I feel like a true entrepreneur knows how to delegate so that they can focus on what they're good at, which you are the talent of the, of your brand. You're the creative, you're the, you know, there's so much that goes into your fitness teachings that I think, how could you possibly then also do yeah. all the other things, even marketing and the, yeah. the finances? Accounting. And- yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, not being on some of those calls in the last couple of months has been really nice <laughs> because there are so many, like, you know, I almost feel like I have like three full-time jobs, right? We have the Sculpt Society app, the content there, you know, Instagram, TikTok, all of that content. You know, I have amazing trainers that I oversee. There's just so much to be done that my time is not well spent in an accounting meeting. Like my husband can get me up to speed there. <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of women and small business owners really pride themselves on the fact that they do it all. And while at some point in your career, that is what it looks like. I think true success is not doing it all, giving up some of that control and really focusing on what you're here to do. So kudos to you in just three years. You know, we used to watch you during the pandemic in your apartment in New York (laughs) City. I feel like I blinked and your business now has lots of instructors. You have tons of classes. You have an app now. Uh, Your husband joined your team. Like it's just so inspiring to see how fast change can happen when you're so invested in your passion. And I know, I don't know if you remember me saying this to you in person, uh, maybe two years ago, but what really stands out about you to me, there's lots of fitness instructors, there's lots of apps, is that before you were a fitness instructor, you were an athlete. Is that true? I call you an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Dancer, professional dancer. Yeah. So can you tell us about (laughs) Megan Roop before she became Megan Roop, celebrity trainer, the Sculpt Society, this person that most people see you as now? My life and like truly the thing I got so excited about growing up was, was really all about dance. So I grew up training in classical ballet. And then in high school, we moved to Santa Barbara and they had an amazing dance team. And I had never seen like different modalities of dance before. And decided to join my dance team, which was so amazing for me. And then, you know, I think I really kind of struggled um, to figure out if dance could be a career for me. I ended up going to NYU's Tisch Dance program for dance, thinking I wanted to dance on Broadway or or do something professionally in that world. So post-college really struggled to find my area, area where I could really get hired in dance. Like I had this classical background um, in ballet, but then in college I was doing modern and contemporary. And then I had, you know, this dance team experience in high school. So I didn't really fit the quote unquote mold. I didn't sing very well. That was a real struggle for me with my Broadway auditions. I literally went to hundreds of auditions. Like I was so consumed with that post-college and really developed a thick skin and got to a point, honestly, where I was like, okay, if I don't land a gig, this is, you know, this is me at 25. It had been years of auditioning and I'd gotten small little things here and there. But if I, if I said, I said to myself, if I didn't land something big, like I think I, it's honestly going to be a career change for me. Long story short, landed my first really big uh, job with the NBA. So I was dancing professionally with the Brooklynettes at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, which was such a moment for me as a, in my career as a dancer, because 
it brought me back to that true joy of being in high school on my competitive dance team. And it really pushed me as a dancer. The Brooklynettes is a, is a hip hop dance team. And I really had to hone in. That was not my zone of genius. You know, I really was great in like more of the classical, like jazz area. So it really pushed me professionally as a dancer to get comfortable and being uncomfortable, which was something that I feel like my NYU education really taught me to be and or to do. And, and so those those two years on that team were were really a time of growth for me as a dancer. And at that time was really when I fell into fitness. So I was working with the MBA and I'd started teaching fitness as a side hustle, really just to make extra money because as everyone knows, a paycheck as a dancer is, is nothing. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> no, oh, not, no, no. Let's make it nothing. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So you started doing fitness on the side of what, even though the pay wasn't good, a full-time job. Yeah. So I would literally, and I also, and my third job at the time is also working in fashion. So I would teach in the mornings I'd have like a 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. I'd be teaching. I would then run to, I worked with designers on how clothing fit. So I was a live mannequin, a fit model. So I would be in fittings all day. And then I would run to my Nets practice or game 
from like 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night. How would you describe life as a professional dancer? What people think it is versus what it is. It is hard, hard work, especially that job. It was really, really hard. You know, you're not in a union. Hours are long. It's really hard on your body. Expectations are high. And it was a grind. I, you know, also I was juggling two other jobs. So the first couple of years, I think I was just on such a high that I was able to be in New York City, dancing with the best dancers in the country, teaching fitness, working in fashion. I was like, this is amazing. And then I got to year two of doing that. And I, I, I had really burned out. Um, and I realized it was time to make a decision. And at that time I had been teaching fitness for a couple of years and really had fell in love with working with women, finding a way of movement that felt good in my body that felt dance-based and, and excited about that future and that path. And I really saw longevity for myself in fitness because I, you know, at that point I felt, felt like I had checked that dance box and, and it was no longer serving me like, like fitness was. You made it though. Yeah. During your dancer days, I know that in dance and and usually like with ballet, there's a lot of body image talk and pressure. Did you experience that as a professional dancer on a basketball team? Yeah, I sort of skipped over that. that yeah, that <laughs> sorry to take you back. <laughs> so I was dancing in high school and I had decided to not pursue dance in college. So I ended up going to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. You know, I'd worked really hard in just academically in high school and I felt this pressure. My parents immigrated from South Africa. I think it was also like immigrant parents, like that upbringing of, of having a steady job. Also, I had excelled academically and I had never really been shown, honestly, the career paths that you could take as a dancer. I kind of only knew that you could like join a ballet company and that was kind of it. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to college and like dance is over for me. And I'm going to just focus on like what I want to do in this next chapter of my life. And so unfortunately that first year in college was really like one of like the darkest times for me because I was clearly unhappy because I wasn't dancing, but I couldn't see that at the time. And instead of understanding, looking in, realizing I was unhappy for that reason, I, I instead started to focus on diet and body and my body and really just become all consumed by that really yo-yo dieting, binge eating, over exercising that first year. And I remember coming home after my freshman year and telling my mom, honestly, not telling her everything, but saying like, something's wrong. <laughs> like I'm not my health, happy self. I'm super focused on diet. You know, I, at this point had gained a lot of weight and I just feel trapped. I need to go talk to someone. Fast forward to going into therapy. And in like the first session, she really cracked me. She was like, listen, you are clearly numbing yourself by hyper-focusing on food and your body. And the root of this is that you're not pursuing what you're, you feel called to do and your passion, which is dance. And so I think I maybe saw her twice, maybe three times. I wish I had been in therapy. I should have been in therapy for much longer um, because unfortunately those bad behaviors and that bad body image and, and just the way I, I didn't understand how to have a positive relationship with food after that year, it was just constantly like, what was the next diet? So that really followed me even into New York. So after that therapy session, long story, I moved to LA for a year I, and ended up transferring to NYU's Tish Dance program to pursue dance. 
but it really wasn't until like my early mid twenties that I had really started to work on myself. I had read Woman, Food and God by Janine Roth. I had started to understand what intuitive eating was that I kind of was able to crawl out of this dark hole and really start to mend the relationship I had with my body and with food. And I think the missing link for that was also finding a way of moving my body that felt really joyful. So I think the combination of reading that book, understanding intuitive eating, mending that relationship with food in my body, and also finding a way of exercising that felt really joyful was a really big aha moment for me in my mid to late 20s. And we all have to kind of realize when when you and I were going through this, even if they were at different times, it wasn't the current time when there was so many online resources about forming a positive relationship to food. In fact, the norm was essentially a negative relationship to food, but we didn't call it that. You know, we talked about diets like they they were no big deal. And uh, we talked about killing it at the gym was more important than feeling good in your body. For you to have this therapy session and then this book and have that as like your resource. I've heard you credit this book so many times, you know, because it was during a time when there weren't so many resources and this book landed on your lap and made you feel seen, I assume, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember Googling like the word binge, like didn't even, it just like, wasn't even a term like binge eating. And I just remember feeling so frustrated and lonely and so shameful of this constant cycle of yo-yo dieting and binge eating and and just really like self-loathed for so long. Um, and I, but I also then got to a point where I was so sick of the amount of energy I was giving to thinking about how many calories I was eating, how many calories I was burning on the treadmill and hating every second I was there. And I honestly look back in those years and in my twenties, like I feel like are so wasted because so much of my mental capacity was, was devoted to that. And I wasn't really living, which, you know, is, is sad, but I also know that the full circle moment here for me is I think that's a big part of why I can connect to women because I think on some level, on some spectrum, every woman has experienced that on some level, right? Whether it's with their relationship with their body, with relationship food. And again, it can be a, a big spectrum, but I or think exercise, exercise a thousand percent. I'm not, I think it's important that that you are leading women and knowing that some women may be in different places with their relationship with their body and with food. And I think, and I hope that the Sculpt Society is really having a positive impact and really changing that perception of what fitness is, what your relationship with your body needs to look like within movement. So I can attest that it it definitely is. So we know what you look like today and what Sculpt Society looks like today. But when that light bulb went off in your mind that said, I love teaching women how to move their bodies in a way that feels good. I know it was your side job on top of everything else. What were the popular fitness trends at the time? Yeah, it was like New York boutique fitness, super expensive, hard to get into, you know, and again, this is like different, lots of different classes in New York, right? Like former Pilates, yoga, dance-based classes. I think, and I was really diving deep into all of these modalities, trying different classes, trying different teachers, and really understanding, I think, what I felt like was missing in the boutique arena or really boutique fitness space in New York, which was, why are we making the barrier to entry so difficult? Why are we making this experience 
not very friendly or welcoming. Why are we overcomplicating it? And so I was really taking my knowledge and and my training and and wanting to develop and create space for women to come into and really make movement joyful and effective. I always say too, like behind the scenes, my, my husband and I were talking about this, like people come for the results for the Sculpt Society, but they stay for the feeling. And I think that's really important because if you don't have that feeling once you, you've left the Sculpt Society, I haven't done my job because I really want women to come in and experience this class and, and leave feeling really successful, empowered, and confident in their bodies. Well, I can attest that leaving your class, I always have a big <laughs> smile on my face. And most importantly, I have a big smile on my face during it. Because I think you and I kind of share a same philosophy when it comes to movement. You should feel good going in. You shouldn't dread it. You should feel good during it. It shouldn't hurt. And you should feel good afterwards. It should carry you long into your day so that, you know, all day long, you know why you're happy because you moved your body in a joyful way, which reconnects you back to returning to that, that modality again. Yeah. The one thing that I really do love about Sculpt Society too is that I've taken lots of dance classes before. I actually remember in New York City, probably 10 years ago, signing up for what I thought was going to be a regular workout class. Uh, it was probably like $30. So going back to like the barriers of taking a class, right? I signed up, I walked all the way downtown to go to this class and I was feeling really confident coming in and I walked out feeling like such, I don't even know a better word than, I just felt like a jackass. Like I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like everybody was laughing at me and the movements were so hard and complicated that I left feeling so badly about myself. And when I do Sculpt Society, I'm not a professional dancer and, you know, I dance for fun. You've somehow found a way to make dancing accessible for all. Was that part of your mission? Yeah, I felt like only dancers could walk in and, and feel like they could get the movement. So again, like, why can't we make dance cardio really simple, really repetitive? Even if you are a dancer, you're still going to love it. Like I, I, I keep the Sculpt Society Dance Cardio super, super simple. And I always say that because it's intentional for me to not overcomplicate it. Um, it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Um, we can still get a really great workout in and work up a sweat doing heel taps. Like we don't need to be like, most people don't, aren't training to be a professional dancer, right? When they're working out like this. So like, let's, let's like just simplify it a little bit. And I also think too, what's funny is I think so many people think it's just dance cardio and really the Sculpt Society is like a sprinkle of dance cardio, but mostly full body, low impact sculpt. So getting your heart rate up and then we really focus on that full body. And as you know, too, with the Sculpt Society app, I've got now really thinking about, you know, the members at home who want just shorter classes. I think something about being at home, pressing play on a 45 minute class can be really tough. So when I was building out, yeah, when I was building out the Sculpt Society app, thinking to myself, okay, let's like really think about the, the amounts of time that people have and like, how can I curate the Sculpt Society in, amount, in an amount of time that feels like they could do it consistently. So, you know, on the Sculpt Society app are like 30 minute classes or even like our quickies, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Those are, those are the most popular classes. It's true. When you go to a workout class, you've committed, you've paid and, you know, you put your cell phone in a locker and you're there for 45 minutes and you can kind of do it. But when you're at home, even though you don't have to do the commute and you 
think that you have more time available, there's always something else going on at home, whether it's a child or the doorbell or, you know, you're on a work call at the same time, you know, something like that. So the quickies really are great because I think it could also be intimidating for people to try something for much longer when you're like, okay, how bad can a 10 minute class be, you know, and then it's a nice little taste without that commitment. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Let's talk a little bit about the financial barrier that people face then and how you're solving that. Yeah, I think another thing about the Sculpt Study app that not only could I reach more people, you know, at the time I was living in New York when I launched Sculpt Study, I felt like so many of my clients were traveling and then my community on Instagram was growing and that included people outside of New York. So I loved the fact that I could have Sally Joe in Ohio do a Sculpt Society class at home, but also making that price point so much more affordable. You know, if you came and saw me in New York, it was 35 bucks with tax. It was probably over 40, which is for a class, right? For one class. And so our monthly subscription is $19.99. If you get the year it works out to be like $14.99 per month. So 
it's super, super affordable. And there's just so much content on there. We, we're going live like almost every single day with, with myself and my TSS trainers. And I feel really excited that that, that financial barrier to entry is, is a lot more affordable with the Sculpt Study app. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool to see you really change that. And thinking back to my New York City days, how much I would spend on a gym membership and oh, then classes, God. it's like, what were we doing and why were we not flagging this as completely ridiculous and inaccessible for most people? It was insane, really insane. So if the pandemic did did anything, I think it has really allowed businesses to shift in a way that does make fitness more accessible. So it was really cool to see you move in that direction. Not only has your business exploded, but your personal life has changed a lot too. Pregnancy, you know, you and I were pregnant for most of the same time and we had very different experiences and I loved pregnancy minus the first trimester. And I think you were pretty open about not liking pregnancy. Is that true? (laughs) Yeah. I know hate's a strong word, but I really did not enjoy pregnancy. And it was, you know, I was upset about that. It kind of felt like the expectation to really love it. I have you know, two sisters. I felt like I was like, I knew what to expect, but I really didn't. And the same goes for postpartum. There was just so many different surprises along the way. But yeah, I, I honestly, I think the most frustrating part of pregnancy was as my body was growing and changing, which by the way, it should during pregnancy, right? We're growing a baby, like all those logical things kind of like went out the window. And I was just starting to have that unfortunately negative conversation about my body come back up that I was had experienced in my early 20s and was frustrated by that because I had done so much work on that. And so it kind of taught me the lesson and kind of I had to shift gears again and and really tap back in to that internal dialogue and and really stay focused on the things I was saying to myself, things I was saying to myself about my body, the stories I was believing and and really shifting that conversation to make sure I realized that it needed to be positive. I don't think it's talked about enough because I know when I do share that about pregnancy, so many women DM me or write to me saying that they've experienced it or they're currently going through it or what do they do if they're pregnant now? And they're just really having terrible, a terrible relationship and and, um, with how they're feeling about their body growing. So yeah, it was a frustrating time for sure. Is there any one piece of advice that you would offer to anybody who is going through pregnancy or going to maybe in the future going through pregnancy, like one helpful tip that helped you be kind to yourself in those moments where, you know, you have a a very difficult job. You have to show up every day. You wear a sports bra, you put on leggings, you know, I, I give you so much credit. Whereas, you know, I could be very comfortable in sweatpants most of the time of my pregnancy. And I think it does make a difference when your career is hyper-focused on your body. You have photo shoots, you're on video. There's a lot of attention. So if anybody has any good tips on how to continue to show up fully and refine that voice in your head, that is you. Yeah, I will say that definitely was, you know, at the time I was like editing the, all of the videos and seeing and, and seeing the, my body change. And so I think, you know, gosh, as cliche as it sounds, honestly, and I really am truthful about this movement saved me, you know, the minute I either it could have been a a walk outside, teaching the sculpt society, whatever that was that really, and still does ground me. It gets me out of my head. If I'm in my head about something and I move my body, I feel like a different person. I'm much more calmer about the way I'm thinking more rational 
And then I think it's like a quick meditation or just a real like pause, a couple deep breaths and like some mantras. Those are, those are little tools in my toolbox that have always helped me really get a little bit more clarity and like talk back to that crazy voice and, and realize that those thoughts aren't true. What I really love is you mentioned the word like feeling frustrated and these emotions that typically we cover up with discipline, doing better, working harder, making ourselves not say those things, but you replaced it with softness, with reminding yourself of what's underneath those big fearful emotions that are, that are coming up. And so I'm interested now because I loved pregnancy again, minus that first trimester and then postpartum really struggled with. So as soon as you had the baby, did you immediately feel better in your body or or what did it feel like to be on that other side for you? I think the first two months I was like in such a blissful state. I don't know what it was. I almost felt like I was like high. Mm -hmm. I also think Lisa, like I was so nervous to be a mom. I was so nervous about that chapter. I knew I want, I knew I wanted kids but I didn't know how I was going to nurture my business, my husband, myself. Like, how was I going to do that? And I also like, was I going to even like being a mom? That wasn't clear to me. And so when I had her and just really felt that deep love and, and like being a mom came naturally to me, that I also feel like just helped my like overall ease in postpartum. So that those first two months were great. I then felt again, like there's something about hitting three months postpartum. I don't know if you felt this, but maybe again, it's like the industry that I'm in, but that like suddenly at like three months postpartum, you're supposed to like, look like your quote unquote pre baby self. And I was like, this is insane because I am so far from that. And I'm so, I again, sort of had to like give myself those little pep talk moments where I'm like, you got to like slow it down. You know, she was cooking in your stomach for 40 weeks, 10 months. Like it's, it's not going to take 12 weeks and suddenly you're going to look like another human. And I think once I took that pressure off of myself and really allowed myself just to be and ease back into work. And then honestly, my body just relaxed and I, and I felt like things slowly shifted. I mean, they're still new body, (laughs) new body, (laughs) new body, Mm -hmm. new roles. I I guess the biggest thing for me is, and when I'm talking to future moms now or, or women who are in postpartum, I know that those early days postpartum are really raw. They're really real. And that added pressure to suddenly look like your quote unquote pre baby self is like really insane. And we just need to, to give ourselves a beat. I mean, you're a fitness professional. Were you expecting to be able to get back into your same workouts as soon as you were cleared? Um, No, because I am pre and postnatal certified. So I knew it was going to be a journey. I will say I was was very active throughout my pregnancy and felt physically great. I think I was really taken aback at how much slower that process of regaining strength took. So, I mean, I... It, it took longer than, than I, than I expected to in certain areas. And I'm, there are certain movements that I still feel really weak in, but I'm so happy I did the work in those first early days postpartum to really build the strength back up. What was exciting about going through this is I got to film these programs. So I, I filmed a postpartum pelvic floor and core recovery program, which any postpartum woman can do, but it's really ideal that f- 
first like zero to seven, eight weeks postpartum. Those are, it's really like not even exercises. It's really like breath work and pelvic floor work to really tap back into that, that area that's just gone through trauma. And then I was able to film my postpartum program while I was going through it, which is six weeks. It's after you've been cleared to work out. And I think what was really nice about that is I'm physically going through it myself in these videos. And I think it's important for women to see other women going through it and like the difference that our bodies are feeling and we're feeling together in these videos. I was totally taken aback by what a weak pelvic floor meant. You know, we hear this word Kegel and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that or I'll do it for a second. Then you're like, all right, I did a Kegel. I'm over it, you know, and jumping back in, you know, I have some basic fitness background, not, not to your level, but I immediately noticed that going fast wasn't going to feel good, but I was also eager too. like, I had just been cleared to work out. I didn't really do much exercise in my third trimester because things had really gotten more difficult. (laughs) You know, I was eager to get back in mentally, but physically I didn't want to go too fast. And I think there's so much about the pelvic floor being that first step we need to strengthen and heal that the average person doesn't know unless they work with a professional and how many people are working with a professional, you know, right after having a baby. So having a program in place and having you the professional explain that and take them step by step, I think is really critical. I mean, right now my pelvic, I'm seven, eight months postpartum, my pelvic floor is still really weak. Is that something I can still strengthen or did I like miss the window here. No, no. And that's what I like. Ideally you're doing that once you get home from the hospital in those early, I mean, again, I say that, but like you don't have help and you know, tw- <laughs> 20 minutes with a newborn is, is, is tough to carve out in your day. But I say to women all the time, it's never too late. And I think if you're dealing with diastasis and you are four years postpartum, like it doesn't matter where you are in your postpartum journey, or if you are someone who's postpartum and when you jump, you are peeing. Those are all indications that this program is something you should do. I will say at seven and a half months postpartum, Lisa, the, the program is going to feel really slow to you, but it's a lot of core work and it's a lot of pelvic floor work and you will notice the difference. It's just, you know, I, I, th- I always say that going in. I think if you are further in, you, into your postpartum journey, that pelvic floor and core recovery program is going to feel a little slow. Well, it's cool that I could kind of dabble in that and then head back into your regular workouts and kind of still do both. Exactly. And like also know how to access your pelvic floor and your core in movement, knowing how to do that with your breath is going to be really, is going to serve you really well. Yeah. I think that that's just an element that a lot of women don't know about. You know, they jump back into abs and there's so many dangers. If you do have diastasis, recti, it's called, right? The separation of your, your ab muscles, having that in your app is just a wonderful resource to, to be able to tap into. Yeah. Thank you for being so honest about your prenatal and postpartum experience and really reminding us about (laughs) really to go slow and be gentle with our bodies and providing the tools for us to reconnect in a way that feels really, really good. Of course. I'm so excited that we got to chat. I love watching you juggle motherhood with your business. You're a huge inspiration to me. And I'm just so excited to see you soar and live out your truthiest life. Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners, I want to remind you that we do have a code so you can check out the Sculpt Society. I'm going to put that in the show notes below and I'll see you all here next week.
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.